From Accelerate, this is Restore Your Power to Succeed, a podcast to help restoration professionals succeed both personally and in business. I'm Rachel Stewart. I spent 12 years in the industry growing a restoration company from $1.5 million to over $20 million in annual revenue before founding Accelerate, an industry job management system to help contractors be successful by addressing the technology gaps that I faced every day. This podcast is dedicated to teaching everything I and other top performers in the industry have learned. From leadership and personal growth to industry-specific pain points, this podcast is for everyone. So let's get started as we restore your power to succeed. Welcome to episode number five of Restore Your Power to Succeed. I have another hot topic for you this week. I hear about this all the time from so many restorers. How do you find and hire good people? Last week, when we were talking about capacity, we touched on this just a little bit and the challenge of finding good people when the pay and the industry doesn't recognize this as a trade. Nathan Link and I had a really thoughtful discussion about this and other capacity issues. So if you didn't hear that episode, you may want to go back and listen to it. And this week, we're going to be diving in a little deeper to see if I can give you some things that I have learned in terms of sourcing good personnel and hiring personnel. And then next week, I want to do something that's going to be really fun, and I'm going to tell you about one of the greatest interviews that I have ever been a part of. And oddly enough, it was with a competitor in our market, the owner of another restoration company. We didn't end up merging our companies, and we still have a great relationship. I'm going to have him on as a guest, and we're going to go and talk about all of the things that we learned through that interview It's going to be super fun. I'm going to give you my impression of it and how you can use all of that information to improve your interview skills to make sure that you can see past all the rainbows and butterflies and determine if this really will truly be a good fit. It's going to be so much fun. And besides that, this guy is one of the most charismatic, entertaining individuals you'll ever meet. So he will make for a great guest and it's going to be great content. So to tee up that conversation, I want to set the stage and talk about some tools prior to ever getting to the interviewing stage. And you might be saying, hey, Rachel, uh, I just want really great people. Where do you find really great people? Well, even before we get to the place where we go out and try to find those really good people, you need to have some things working for you inside your company. Um, And so we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about sourcing. And then next week, we'll talk about interviewing. Okay, so the very, very first thing that you need to be clear on are the core values of your company. Now, you might be thinking, hey, I know we were talking about interviewing. Now she's talking about culture and core values. But really, this is so key to get right because you're going to have a really difficult time having consistency in the right type of people you hire if you aren't clear about your core values and you'll just find mismatches, even if they're great at their job. Even if they're a great estimator or a great technician, you'll be like, why is this not working? And it's because there's misalignment in your core values and you may not even know it. So if you haven't defined your core values, it's going to be very hard to hire to your core values. 
And I'm not talking about just coming up with statements that you put on the wall and then never review again, or the actions of management are in conflict with what your core values say. So for instance, if you say team first, and then what you actually do is reward individuals who look out for their own self-interest and are doing things to promote themselves, what you're doing is, is out of alignment with your core values. So you want to make sure that your core values align with things that you really value. So another example of this might be if your core values says something like, we're pioneers and we buck the status quo, but then you actually want people who follow processes and have consistency and standardization, it's probably going to be very confusing and you're probably going to run into a lot of issues. So you need to be really clear about what you're wanting. If you're wanting consistency and alignment and standardization, then you want rule followers. You probably shouldn't have a core value of we're pioneers, we buck the status quo, we blaze our own trail. (laughs) Those sound really exciting, but that may not be what you really want. Okay, so my point is you have to be clear around who you are and what you want and then reward and correct towards those statements. In your weekly meetings, in your daily huddles, in reviews with your employees, make sure that you're correcting towards those core values. Then they will be alive in your organization and your people will be able to know that they are living the core values that are valued by the organization. And then also when they get into situations in the field, they know how to make decisions. They can make decisions that are in alignment with your core values, then they, you know you're training your people correctly. The best way to do this is to have five or six very clear, concise statements about who you are and what you believe so your people know how to act. And if you haven't gone into the exercise of doing this, then I highly recommend that you get your leadership team together. Or if you're a smaller organization, that might be your whole company, get in a room and you define what these are. The best way that I would suggest that you go about doing this is you make a list of all of the things or behavior traits that drive you crazy, like they trigger your rage button. They are in violation of your core values, and then you can work backwards. And it doesn't have to just be in your organization, right? If you go somewhere else, if you interact with another company or another business and something really sets you off, you know that's in violation of your core values. And so you can work backwards and say, okay, I know that I believe this because when people don't behave that way, it drives me crazy. And then start making them alive in your company. And you do this by rewarding or correcting. Okay, so now that we have that foundation of core values, let's go back to the hiring. This is step one. You have to know what your core values are so you can find employees that align with these. Otherwise, you'll get a mismatch. And even if they're great at their job duties, it will still end up driving you crazy. That relationship will still not work out because they aren't in alignment. And I think that this is a big mistake we make, especially if you're going to hire a recruiter. You need to be clear about what type of character this individual needs to have, and you need to be passing that information on to the recruiter. It's not enough just to have good experience or a good resume. They need to align with who you are as an organization, and that will be really difficult to determine if you haven't defined that. And even if you haven't defined that, every organization has core values. It's just this unsaid set of rules that people live by. The B is to maybe kind of dig into that a little bit, make sure that those unsaid rules are ones that you agree with. 
and that you're in favor of and you want to build a company on and then write them out, define them, and then start using them. Okay, so once you have your core values and you're trying to find people that align with those values, the next thing to do is get very specific around what you are hiring for. And this is a mistake that I have made more than once. You have this need and you don't really have clarity around what that need is. So you know that there's something missing in your organization and you want to find somebody great to fill it, but you just haven't taken the time to sit down and really define everything around what that role will be. And so this is tempting, especially if, you, if you're doing interviews and you find somebody really great or you run into somebody and you're, you're like, oh, they're just so great. They fit who we are as a company. They just have a really great personality and we're going to bring them on board and then we'll find this position and we'll define this position later. And that is a mistake. Sometimes it will work out, but more often than not, you'll end up hiring somebody that would be good in your company but maybe may not be a right fit for that role that you are needing. You need to have clarity about the job role, the function, and what specific KPIs will make this role successful. Being clear about this is really going to set the stage. You may find someone that would be great and would kill it at doing XYZ, but what you really need to fill is ABC. By hiring them, you're just setting them up for failure. Neither of you will be happy in the long run. So please have clarity around what role needs to be filled, what characteristics are going to make them successful in that role, and the KPIs that will determine whether it was successful or not. Having those metrics defined will be super beneficial. And I know for a lot of us that that might be like, well, duh, like how are you going to hire somebody that you don't really have have defined roles or defined job description or defined anything. But you'd be surprised at how many companies do that. They know they need help. They are usually in a jam. They're in a rush during that hiring decision because they have all of these jobs piling up or it's a really busy season or whatever. And they're like, we we have to hire people. We have to hire bodies. They just hire people they think are going to be a good fit. And they try to figure the rest of that out later. And it's really complicated and it's not typically successful. So define your core values and then get really serious about defining the role and what are the metrics that are going to determine if that position is successful or not. We need to take a real quick break. And when we come back, we'll be moving into the next two items that will really help you with your hiring. My name is Kevin Hussey. My company is United Fire and Water Damage. We're out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I've been in business since 1999. Prior to coming on board with Accelerate, we were using a platform, uh, an application that was not specific to restoration, didn't have uh, many of the, the tools that we need that are specific to the industry. And we were at a point in our company where we needed a tool that was a little more robust. That was Kevin Hussey with United Fire and Water, based out of Louisiana. You may be working through similar operational challenges with your own restoration business. Maybe a lack of documentation in the field, the inability to track time for crews, overly complicated job management systems, or something entirely different. You can overcome any business challenges that you face. You can grow a profitable restoration business 
And you can do all of that with Accelerate Restoration software. So we made the move over to Accelerate and, and we really have seen some benefit from having those specific things within Accelerate like KPIs, like uh, time tracking for estimate submission and our guys checking in at a, at a job site. So we know the cost of, of our labor per job. Accelerate just really has a lot more in the way of, of tools that are specific to our industry. And I, I think overall, the, the, the reception to the technology in the field has been great by, by our staff. Accelerate is helping restorers like Kevin and United Fire and Water to restore their power to succeed through a more intuitive user experience, through innovative restoration technology specifically designed for our industry, and through results that just speak for themselves. You've got technicians in the field that are performing water damage restoration services, and, and that picture has to be painted to the estimator, has to be painted for our administrative people who submit the billing, who ultimately have to demonstrate to the carrier, this is what we did for this project. We have to be able to, to show them specifically what we did and justify what we did in order to be able to, to get paid. And that's what Accelerate really done a great job for us with, is, is painting that picture for the carrier so that we can, we can justify what we've done and get paid as a company. Restore your power to succeed in restoration with Accelerate Restoration Software. Click the link in the show notes to request a demo today. Okay, we're back. Once you have clarity around the type of person you were trying to hire and what you want them to do, it's time to start looking for some talent. And the very, very best place that I have found to source talent is your network. Who do you know? Who do you know that knows someone else? Who do your employees know? Who do your vendors know? Who do your clients know? From my experience, these are the very best people that we can hire. And I will say that I'm not just saying that. I put that into practice. Right now at Accelerate, we are 100% made up of referrals or from our network. Our very first employee was someone who I met through contacts in the industry. We had connected for a couple of years prior to me starting Accelerate, and I had kept in contact with him over the years. And then when, one day after Accelerate was launched and it finally made sense to move forward with an employee, I called him up and we moved forward. The head of our marketing and sales is someone I had known from the industry for years. The head of our customer success team for training and onboarding is someone that another employee had worked with in the past and had known for years. And as we look strategically ahead, I know those who I want to recruit for our team and see come on board. And can I just tell you that this will be a powerhouse team? My point is build your network, connect and be a connector. This will pay off in droves later down the road. And don't be afraid to ask your contacts who you should know. And then be a giver. Don't just connect with people who you think can do something for you. Connect with everyone and give whatever you can. I will never forget the day that as someone who was really young to the industry, I got the opportunity to meet Warner Cruz with JC Restoration. So I had been at his facility. And if you've never been on a tour, I highly recommend it. Um, anyway, so I had been there a couple of times, and to me, Warner was like this bigger than life, uh, I don't know, someone I wanted to grow up and be like. 
I mean, talk about someone who is fanatical about culture, about customer care, about excellence. So I was just blown away. And one day we were touring his facility and he took the time and met with us for a little bit. And what did he spend the half hour talking about? Did he talk about his fancy fleet and his big facility? No, what he talked about was his network and about giving. He gave me a book called The Go-Giver. I will put that book in the show notes. And the advice he offered to me was get to know others and give them whatever you have to offer. And that's what he attributed all of his success to. And it's actually one of the core values that we live by at Accelerate. How are we creating a community of success? One of the most well-connected people that I have ever met is Joe Polish. He wrote a book titled Life Gives to the Giver. He runs an organization called the Genius Network, which is basically just a group of, of entrepreneurs that he connects to each other. And he's made this whole really successful career around these connections. The point here is not to do this because what it will do for you. The key is that when you truly adopt the attitude of abundance and give to those people around you, then people gravitate to you and you will be surrounded by an incredible network and community of giving. When I launched my book, Unqualified Success, yes, I'll put a link to that in the show notes too, I was blown away by the support and the community around me. I love to see other people's success. And it was so awesome to me that when I had this moment, that there were all these people that were so happy to see my success. And that's what community does for us. At some point, we'll do another episode about connecting. I'll have some guests that I think um, will really help us dig into that topic a little bit. But right now, I think the point is rely on your network when you go out to interview. You'll get some leads for some really great employees. And that leads to my fourth suggestion, which is to build a bench. What do I mean by this? So any of you that are sports nuts know that there are very few things that make a team more menacing than having a deep bench. Once those starters are out, if they have great people that are filling their spot, you know this is going to be a really tough team to beat. So the same is true as you're hiring. Have people in mind who may not be part of your all-star team right now, but that you want them there someday. Start having conversations, not necessarily about hiring, but just have a relationship with them. Know what motivates them if they're ready to make a transition or you have an opening, and so that you can be able to be competitive when that happens. So let's just do a little recap of where we are so far. Number one, define your core values and know the personality characteristics that you're looking for before you even start to hire. Number two, define the role and the KPIs that will be a measurement for success. Number three, reach out to your network and ask for referrals. Continue to expand your network and continue to give to that network. Number four, Build a deep bench of potential people who you want in your organization. And then the last step is to get really good at interviewing. And so we're going to go through some of that process next week. But I do want to set the stage with a couple of things. First, something that's going to save you a lot of time is that phone screening. Let's say 
this isn't a position that you have a deep bench for and you're kind of having to start from scratch. You've got your network, you've gotten a couple of referrals, get those people on the phone and just do a couple of questions that are going to screen out any conflict or things that aren't going to be on alignment. That's going to be the first step. And then the next step is to get really good at your interviewing skills. And I'm a believer in, in a method called top grading. And we're going to dig into that next week. So make sure that you subscribe because it's going to be my spring break gift to you. It's going to be so much fun. So thank you for joining me this week. I hope those tips were helpful as you're building your team and growing your business. And I'd love to hear how those tips are working in your organization. So make sure you reach out to me. And thank you for joining me as we restore your power to succeed.